Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Not to be confused with my dad, Rob Chrisman, whose birthday is today. It's Thursday, June 10th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include an interview with MCT's Phil Rizzori on the newly released BAM Marketplace, and today's CPI data. Americans are generally an optimistic lot. If you're bearish and wrong, you're ridiculed. If you're bearish and right, you're vilified. I hope that these home industry, quote, folks in the know, end quote, are wrong about the predictions on the future price of water for the public. Hint, it's high. Drinking a lot of water is important for anyone's health. But interestingly enough, builders have seen an increase in interest in four other design features for homeowners with an eye on health. In general, home builders are on the front line of inflation news, given lumber, energy, appliance, land, labor, and permit costs that don't show many signs of going down currently. But economists, as usual, diverge on inflation thoughts, saying things like, quote, gasoline prices may not make a big difference in someone's spending if they're not commuting anymore, end quote, versus, quote, energy prices always make their way through the consumer goods distribution channels, end quote. We'll see. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment, lender and broker products and services, technology and vendor tidbits, and disaster news, visit robchrisman.com. This week's podcast is sponsored by MCT's BAM Marketplace. With its recent introduction of BAM Marketplace, the world's first truly open loan exchange, MCT has moved towards the ultimate secondary marketing goal, a loan exchange where every loan can be priced by every investor, regardless of approval status. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to bring on Phil Rizzori, MCT's Chief Operating Officer. Mr. Rizzori is a recognized thought leader in capital markets operations within the mortgage banking community. His areas of expertise include complex financial modeling, computational dynamics, and linear programming for operational optimization. He has functionally led MCT operations since 2005 and ascended to his current role as COO in 2007. Hey, Phil, looks like I got you on the line. How you doing? All right, I'm good. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Perfect. I wanted to start by saying, obviously for a couple decades or since the inception of secondary marketing, the goal has been achieving true best execution. So what? why did it take so long to get here? You know, it's a great question. I think that the the biggest... The biggest issue, of course, is, um, you know, historically that there any any seller has a subset of the, you know, a small subset, a small sliver, actually, of the potential approved, you know, potential buyer universe. Um, and that's because there's this uh, kind of process that that needs to occur as far as getting an approval prior to prior to ever executing a loan sale. And, you know, generally that's done over by a sales force uh, from the correspondent investor going out to the lender um, or, or from a, you know, a, a group like MCT who, who sees a broad um, kind of a broad cross section of executions out there and kind of recommends investors. But that's always, from an operational perspective, you, you know, it's it's a big lift to get the seller to sign up to, 
you know, 30 buyers, 30 potential buyers, if they don't think they're ever going to sell a loan there, right? Historically, the sellers really only signed up with buyers who were uh, really well established and were buying a large, you know, large, large volumes. Um, And so, you know, BAM Marketplace through the security spread commitment can allow a, you know, a, a seller to actually execute uh, on a prospective buyer's um, indications prior to being approved. And I think that's that's really the game changer. Yeah, so BAM Marketplace originally was released t- during periods of increased market volatility at the onset of the pandemic. It just came out for public consumption. Was it designed for periods of increased volatility? What can you can you explain the the benefits even now when we're in a little more uh, smooth sailing? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I mean, so it absolutely was born out of necessity, you know, during the aggregator execution crisis um, that uh, you know uh, came into being uh, last year at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, as as pricing for certain products began to just completely evaporate uh, certain products, you know, such as low FICO Gubby, for instance, was, was the first one uh, to go as there was this, you know, this kind of hysteria of, of concern of forbearance and what that, what that might bring uh, as far as exposure on the servicing side, we began to scramble to uh, hook up sellers in our client base to potential buyers uh, in the client base and of course, that was uh, obviously hugely beneficial to, to, to both sides. There was because there was these you know pricing disruptions on the buy side. You know, if if you had the ability to to buy, um, you could provide better execution to the sellers that, than they were getting, and uh, still still have substantial margins built in. So. You know, definitely, definitely born out of you know market disruption, born out of necessity uh, on the on on the secondary side. If we fast forward to today, um, you know, I, I I think some of what's helped Bam Marketplace uh, probably unexpectedly has been the you know increased kind of uncertainty that's uh, unfortunately promulgated. Uh, a, a little bit from from FHFA and some of the some of the changes that have that have occurred uh, with regards to the, uh, the the caps on non-owners, the ship loan, second home non-owner uh, investment properties, and then that's created kind of a twofold uh, benefit to new potential buyers or created new buyers who didn't think they would be buyers previously. So number one. You have some sellers who are substantially over-indexed in the non-owner space, needing to uh, basically offload as much as they can uh, to aggregators who might normally have sold those to to the agencies. But then number two, you have on the buy side, some buyers who, because they were substantially over-indexed at the agencies, they need to dramatically uh, increase production on the owner-occupied side to increase that denominator, and so that's created a, a, a two-fold potential. There, you you know you have the increased need on the sell side uh, to execute some of these loans, and then on the buy side, someone who may not normally have ever come close 
execution wise to a tier one aggregator. Now, just out of necessity to increase that denominator business, uh, frankly, is uh, is really in the running right there with uh, agency uh, retained execution or or tier one aggregators. Join us tomorrow for part two of the interview. Not much to report from the bond market yesterday, although several originators wrote to my dad asking why rates aren't going up like, quote, the experts, end quote, have been predicting. Inflation, which the Federal Reserve keeps an eye on, is not doing much, or at least as much as the Fed thought it might, nor as much as the Fed would like to see indicative of a strengthening economy. Along those lines, things are definitely picking up. Certainly, airports and roads are busy, but not as busy as expected. Lastly, our debt continues to be in demand around the world. Would you rather earn 1.5% on a 10-year T-note or 0% in Europe or Japan? That keeps prices high and rates low. As one industry vet in Reno, Nevada wrote, the rule is, no one knows exactly what is going to happen. Looking at bonds yesterday, and therefore interest rates, we had a breakdown of infrastructure talks in Washington and a strong $38 billion 10-year note reopening. But everybody has been waiting on today's inflation report before making considerable moves in the market. Rising inflation expectations have been increasing pressure on the Fed to take action, specifically to reduce bond buying. Today brings that all-important consumer price index report, which was up 0.6%, higher than forecast, with core up 0.7%, also stronger than anticipated. Not to be forgotten, we've also received weekly jobless claims, in at 376,000, with continuing claims down 258,000 to 3.499 million. Later this morning brings Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey for the week ending June 10th and the May budget deficit from the Bureau of Fiscal Service. The desk of the New York Fed will again conduct two operations, today targeting up to $5.2 billion, 30 or 2% and 2.5% across UMBS 30s and Gini 2s. We begin the day with agency MBS prices down worse about an eighth and the 10-year yielding 1.51% after closing yesterday at 1.49%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A gorilla walks into a bar and, to the amazement of the bartender, orders a martini. When the bartender gives the gorilla the martini, he is further surprised to see that the ape is holding a $20 bill. The bartender takes the $20 bill Then he decides to see just how smart the gorilla is, so he hands the gorilla $1 and change. The gorilla quietly sips the martini until the bartender breaks the silence. We don't get too many apes in here, he says. The gorilla replies, at $19 a drink, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Thanks again to this week's podcast sponsor, MCT. With their new BAM Marketplace Loan Exchange, MCT clients have experienced average covers such as a pickup of 46 basis points on government production, 42 basis points on loans under 200000 and 89 basis points on low FICO government production. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.